Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Playmakers, welcome back. Welcome back. We're super excited about this episode. We have something brand new for you, and we're excited to toss it on over to her to let her introduce herself. Hey, everybody. I'm Morgan Minot. I'm based in Knoxville, Tennessee, and my husband is a high school athletic director, but previously for over a decade was a football, basketball, and baseball coach. She literally says that so casually. She just named like 12 sports and is like, he just did this and now we're over here. I feel like that is such a whirlwind though because your season literally never ends and it just goes to the next one. So let's talk about that a little bit because I feel like that is such a different perspective and now you're on the other side of it as the athletic director's significant other. So let's break it down a little bit with the sports. Yeah, I will say he was football for, I think seven years before he went to basketball and then eventually baseball or maybe it was baseball in the back. No, basketball and baseball. I can't keep up anymore, but it has made the transition to athletic director significant other easier because we never are not in season. So yeah. that is nice. I will say there was a challenge for sure. Initially, just when he first took on, he took on basketball first. I have a harder time with basketball and not because I don't enjoy the sport. I actually grew up in a family that was very much more about basketball than the other two, but it just was inside <laughs> and cold and the weather is not great. And so I think it's like, and it's dark earlier, seasonal depression, you know, yeah. plus mm -hmm. you're just multiple games a week. It's not really a set schedule. Baseball is a lot like that, but at least you're outside <laughs> and yeah. the weather's nice most of the time. Although in Tennessee, you never know. But I do think in that sense, um, it has made the transition easier to athletic directors than another. Yeah. I always tell people, though, I've had wives like reach out before whose husband has taken on multiple sports and they're like, how do you do it? What do you do? And I always say, just don't get to a point where you resent it. You don't have to be at yeah. everything. You don't have to show up to every game, especially in those sports that have like multiple games in a week. You kind of have to protect your peace in a way. And um, if you can't be happy at home, then you're not going to be happy doing any of the rest of it. So I, I think for a while, especially when I started out in football, one game a week is an easy commitment to make. Mm -hmm. And then when we took on basketball, I felt like I had to be at every game. And then I am not a teacher. I work full time in marketing. And so... I'm leaving work at 5, 5.30, rushing home. We don't have kids, but we do have dogs and they're our babies. <laughs> they're like my children. <laughs> and so I was like rushing home to feed them, let them out, and then go straight to a game. And then you're getting home at like 9, 10 o'clock, you know, doing a fast food dinner or eating leftover. And it's just, it can be really exhausting. They're already exhausted. So I always say like, do what gives you peace of mind in order to show up and be fully present when you're there and when you're, you know, taking your you time yeah. and it's okay to do that. I'm lucky that I have a spouse who is very understanding. And sometimes I'm like, do you need me to be there? And he's like, I don't even want to be there. Like, no, <laughs> so, um, I, think, I think it's very nice. I don't ever feel obligated to be there. A couple of times he said, 
you're not going to come. And then I do go, but I try to at least go to one a week. That's why I always say, I'm like, if you go to a sport that has multiple games in a week, just try to make one, mm-hmm. just make one. And then, you know, say, Hey to everybody, do your wave. And then you're good. You yes. can watch your Netflix show or, you know, do yoga or whatever it is fit people do. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, that's, that's really been the biggest thing that I try to tell people. And I actually heard something on a podcast the other day and they they said, bitter is a pill you can't unswallow. Ooh, and like I'm that. like, it's so true because yeah. it's very easy in this life when it gets so crazy and you're going all the time to swallow a bitter pill. And then everything is irritating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what time they get home, the fact that like something didn't get done that they said they'd help with, or they were going to be home at a certain time, they're home three hours later. And so I'm a type A semi-control freak. I inherited it from my mother. (laughs) And so that's been the hardest, that was the hardest transition for me initially was really letting that go and going with the flow. And now I'm just like, I just plan my night. And then if he's here, great. If not, whatever. You know, what's really funny is all of us type A control freak women are put into the sports industry. I feel like it's like, why do we do that? (laughs) It's like never the, we never interview people that are like, I'm just very go with the flow. Everybody is Mm -hmm. like type A and has to like come down to go with the flow or has to like put their patient's pants on. I swear it's crazy how all of us are the same and maybe it's for a reason. Who knows? But I want to back things up because I have a lot of other questions, but I want to hear how you guys met. And if this was like always his dream to become an AD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when we met, I was in college. He was in college too. We both went to UT. We both worked ironically in sports at UT. Our paths never crossed because he's seven years older than I am. Um, But he was actually getting his master's. I was an undergrad and we were both working at the country club in Knoxville, Beaverbrook. And so it's actually 10 minutes from our house now, ironically, but He was the assistant pool manager and I was actually working with his mother in the ballroom (laughs) doing events, basically a glorified waiter. Uh, That's how we met. And it was not love at first sight. Did his mom set you up? No, apparently she told me later on that he like saw me through the doors through the kitchen and was like, mom, who is that? (laughs) So, I mean, I guess that's technically how it happened. And then I was working in the snack shack at the pool and it was a rainy day and basically a country club if you want to watch I think there's a show on prime or something that's called country club or something like it and it's like a high school like it's a gossip mill and so even with the employees it's wild so I was telling people I was going on dates because there was a couple of his lifeguards who I heard through the grapevine were going to ask me out and I was not interested. And so, um, <laughs> so he, one night it was like raining and I said, do you think I can close up? And he was like, yeah, he said, and then you'll have time to go on a date with tall, dark and handsome. And I was like, Oh, so we're hanging out later. And then oh. <laughs> we went on a date that night. Oh my, you made the first move. Then. Yeah. I love Hi, that. I tried to tell you. Yeah, that is, that is very, I love it. That's very brave. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would have done that, but I love that so much. You just knew it. Yeah. Well, I had had a slew of bad boyfriends. So I was very much in a place in my life where I was like, I really don't care. I mean, on our first date, I told him I'm never getting married. I'm not staying here. Like I'm leaving Knoxville at some point. I'm probably moving to DC or New York and 
jokes on me. I know. <laughs> Isn't it funny how life you have like all these expectations and then it's like the total like opposite of what you thought. Brittany and I talk about it all the time because we had this, I feel like in, especially in your early twenties, you have this idea of like what a big girl job and big girl world looks like. And then once you throw the sports in there, the industry, you were just all out of sorts. So I do want to talk about that a little bit though, because did you know when y'all were dating that that was his path that he wanted to take? And then and did you kind of know what your life would be like leading up to that? Or was this a complete shock once y'all started getting more serious? Yeah, so I think we, well, he was already coaching football. He'd been coaching football. He had started coaching when he was actually doing his student teaching at the high school we're at now, but he was at a different high school, another local high school um, when we started dating, which is ironically not his alma mater, <laughs> but um, which is five minutes from my house. But I knew he coached. I don't think I really knew what any of it meant. We met in the summer. And so it was like a very different schedule. And we also dated in secret for like three or four weeks because I just was like, if this doesn't work, I don't want everyone in this country club in our business. (laughs) So then once we were serious, everything was great. You know, honeymoon phase. We like ended the three month honeymoon phase as football season started. (laughs) And that first season was rough. I went from like his like full availability, like we just hung out all the time to him not really being available at all. And I think it really did. It wasn't the worst thing, but it did cause a strain. And that was the first year that we booked a trip after season and we do it every year now. So we always find like seven to 10 days when we can Mm -hmm. go somewhere. And we actually went, I think to like Myrtle beach in December, but we didn't care. It was like one of his friends, parents condos or something. And it was just nice to reconnect. And I was still in school at the time. So my schedule was just as hectic. I was working two jobs and going to school. So I think it just made us realize when we've got to reconnect and and make that time to talk. I do think it is harder in our world now just because of the phones and our availability. We're available to family, friends, work, you know, Mm -hmm. everything all the time. And then it's also in a weird way can be like your stress reliever too. So then you're on it playing a game or, you know, death scrolling Instagram as I do. But I think it it was like that first season I had zero clue. And I truly think it took me probably three seasons before I really embraced it fully. And I think then I got to like the point where I was like defensive about it when people were like, I don't understand why you can't, or I don't understand why I can't be here. And I'm like, I don't understand what you don't understand. Like, <laughs> <so> <laughs> now I'm very much like a champion of it. I watch, you know, what an impact him and his coworkers and other coaches we know at other schools have on these kids. And like, we were at a baseball game at UT the other night and some kid he coached at Central before we were even dating, like came up to him and is doing great, but was like, you were like such an impactful person. And oh. it's just wild. Like you don't realize the ricochet effect that yeah. even yeah. like one season with a kid can have. And so I think, it's really amazing to watch that. I do not myself feel like I have great, I don't know if it's motherly instincts, but like I have trouble relating to kids. My mom said I was like born an old soul. So 
to like watch him do that is well it's attractive but I mean you know <laughs> it's just it's it's wild to watch yeah. how well he adjusts to relating to his players he also taught alternative school for like the first six years so I think that did make a huge difference you know you have a way wide range of kids and backgrounds and so he ironically stays very calm in like stressful situations with kids or if they're super amped emotionally he is very like level and I think that does carry him I don't think AD was on his radar at all at first so how did he make that transition or how did he even come about that path I think it really happened in the last couple years our AD was in the process of retiring and he kind of We didn't realize it at the time, to be honest, (laughs) but I think they were slowly giving Dustin responsibilities and access to see one, if he would even be interested or enjoy it. And two, like if he was responsible enough to do Mm -hmm. it. And so it became more and more on his radar really after that AD came to him and said, like, I'm stepping away. Would you be interested? You know, there's still going to be an interview process. It's not a guarantee, but would it be something you would want to do? And we sat down and talked about it. And I've watched him. He was in, when he was in college and in the sports information department, he was the SID for swimming and diving. The guy left like mid-year, Dustin was a student, an intern, and they didn't have anybody else. So he did it. And so I think I've watched him over the years, just interact with people and the way he's handled situations. And I'm like, I really think he'd be great at it. Like, and I think too, he probably not fully, I mean, he still misses coaching some, but I do think he was feeling a little burnt out. I mean, we were going year round for multiple years. It gets tiring and he didn't have head coach aspirations I think maybe if he did it would be different but he was like I don't ever want that headache Mm -hmm. Um, and so so really I I was just like I think this is if it if it happens I think it's the right thing you know and and I do feel we are a little bit of you know when you make plans God laughs kind of thing so Mm -hmm. for years we thought he'd just do football and then Um, And even I remember one time he called me about like a grad assistant job at like a small college and coaching. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to make that work, but sure. And then that didn't really pan out. And so I just think it's funny how really everything that he's done in his life has set him up for this position. And we have had a wild first year (laughs) because we did not have a stadium. We were in the process of getting a new one. There were major construction delays with the company. And so we had to find six or seven locations for home games. So, and to work around everyone else's schedule. Thankfully we have Carson Newman College, which is 35 minutes from our high school. We were able to work with their schedule and do some there. We had to use um, Central High School down the road. We had to use their stadium a couple of times. And so he, has yet to actually run a game at his own school football wise which was a wild experience I helped get him sponsors and everything for those games and we had great local tv partners and stuff that got coverage had great community businesses that stepped up to the plate to like help feed the students before the games because our kids do like they all tailgate in the parking lot before a football game wow and so 
we had businesses step up with food and churches step up with, they set up full tailgates outside the games and stuff. So then Morgan Wallen had a concert on our baseball field with two weeks warning. So there was that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. um, I do. I do remember you sharing that though on Instagram and how cool though, like the community came together and if y'all will tag it in the show notes, but y'all need to follow her on Instagram y'all because this community stepped up so much to like make the town and just the kids feel like so special. It was so cool. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, we were we're very lucky. Gibbs is actually in Knox County, but not in Knoxville. So they're in a small town of Quarryton. And our community is just unmatched. I've been at other schools and they have good support. But I mean, the, the people of Gibbs step up every time, time and time again, whether it's just like personally or as businesses, like they always step up. They always want what's best for the kids. And I think that's like when Dustin was considering this job, I just told him, one, you know, you'll have community support if you want to do anything. And then two, I know at the end of the day, the thing you care most about is what's best for the kids. And that's the type of person who needs to be in this role. And that's exactly how the community is too. They always want ultimately what's best for the student athlete or for the students. So yeah, it was amazing first year. It was a wild first year, but it was an awesome first year just to watch people really surround these kids and make sure, because honestly, that's the crappy part for the seniors. Their first two years were COVID years. So they really only got one year in the stadium. And, and my husband said it on a couple of radio interviews too. He said, you know, the person it really stinks for is for like, Jane over here who on Friday nights goes to the games with her friends and like this is like her senior year experience and she doesn't get to have it at her school you know that's not something you can ever get back Mm -hmm. it's not like ever going to be the same so we wanted to make sure that they had an awesome time even if it wasn't exactly normal so That's so crazy to even think about, though, because obviously we never had anything like COVID when we were going through high school or anything that would have impacted a typical four years of high school. You know what I mean? So like even to think about these kids that have had that big of an impact of their high school career, like it's just weird to think about. And the fact that the, the town stepped up that much to even make it feel like we still care about you. Like this is still yeah. about you. This is still your high school. Like that, that makes it feel even more special. I don't think you get that in some of these bigger cities. I mean, I, I could not see my high school like city <laughs> doing that. So like, that's just really cool that they get to do that. I mean, you guys were in these year-round sports as it was. So kind of the transition to AD, not that it was natural, but it just seems like there might not be too much of a difference, but I'm sure there was. So what was like the yeah. what were the little things I guess that that were a difference for you? I mean, I think the thing that I didn't really think about was all the other sports we weren't involved in that were going in at the time. Yeah. I mean, he would go and like watch part of a game, but then he'd come home, you know, and And so I think that was a very weird transition as far like tonight, he's at softball senior night, and then tomorrow's his only night home. And then Wednesday through Saturday, we have district baseball at home. So I think, you know, baseball, we would have already had but like softball. And then a couple nights last, the last two weeks, he's been like gone to soccer or tennis. So it's just the sports you don't, I didn't think about because we weren't involved in them. I mean, I knew they were, they existed obviously, but um, I just wasn't 
as mindful of their schedule. And so really he's home about one night a week. So, I mean, he was gone with practice and stuff before, but probably not to the level of like now it's, you know, nine, 10 o'clock sometimes when he gets home versus eight, which I know doesn't seem that crazy, but I mean, that's like the difference between dinner time and bedtime for me. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes home probably more times than not. And I am like passed out of sleep. I'm like, your food's in the fridge. I love you. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to being an athletic director or an athletic director, or significant other, because honestly, from the outside, people just see like this figurehead showing up at all the games, not really sure what's going on behind the scenes. And I know that there is way more than what we even know about. So with that, do you feel like when you were a coach's wife that you were able to kind of step back and like blend into the crowd a little bit more, uh, meaning like you didn't have all these people talking to you all the time and parents and all those things, because I feel like once you step into that athletic director role, everyone knows your face because you're at all the different sports and the community of course already knows you. So with that added, I want to say pressure, what have you felt so far with this past year and go around of this well first of all I always say it's very irritating that I can't go to the grocery store and look like crap anymore because people (laughs) normally know I I, it take if I'm anywhere with him it takes like forever to get out of anywhere um because everybody knows him and comes up and talks him and his parents are very involved like with his high school and they're literally like seven minutes down the road they're like parallel with our high school so, and we live out this way. So anywhere we go, I swear we always run into someone. <laughs> of course, I tell everyone, I'm like, if you go anywhere with Dustin, it doesn't even matter if you're in the state, someone will know him. <laughs> we were in Cincinnati one time and he like ran into his high school science teacher and we stood there for 30 <laughs> minutes. I, was, I call him Mayor Minot and he gets really mad. <laughs> but I, I do think probably people know who I am a little bit more I have as my mom says she's like you don't always have the friendliest face when you're just like walking through places so I try to be more mindful it's not that I'm not being on it's not that I'm being unfriendly it's just I'm thinking like I have a hundred things going in my brain I'm the same as you yeah yeah I'm like I I promise I'm nice yeah I just I'm just not paying attention to my surroundings yes but yeah so I do think people know me a little bit more probably like I used to laugh because when he was teaching all the time, I'd like text him. I'd be like, did you talk about me in class today? Cause it'd be like 25 new Instagram followers. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? So I do feel like his kids kind of know me more now. And so that, that I enjoy just because like talking to them is fun. The parents are great around us. I mean, we are lucky in that sense. We don't have too many crazy scenarios. <laughs> Thankfully there are schools that we've been at that, it was not a fun place to be, but I mean, we are lucky in that sense that everybody is very kind, uh, at least to my face. I don't know what yeah. they say when I'm not. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's really all I care about. I yeah, don't think yeah. about it beyond that. And then I will say as far as like, I probably not as much with baseball or basketball just because I handle their social media. So I'm more in the middle then. Um, but with football, yeah, we like, well, now they even had like an area set up for us, like at one end zone. So I don't even go into the stands anymore, which is honestly preferred because our stands are so crowded. Like it is, whew, you just better hope everybody's wearing deodorant that day. Um, <laughs> but it's just like very crowded and cramped. 
not anymore. Our new stadium is massive, thankfully. So I probably will sit in the stands now, but that was nice um, being out there. We actually started that when COVID started and we got to go back and play. And so we just kind of ended up all staying out there, like all the coaches wives. I do feel like the hard transition for me and probably him too, is we have, I have now been around these ladies as fellow coach's wife and he's been around the guys and them as a coach and now we're in a different position it's not that we don't still like hang out with them and we're not friends with them but it does present like a level of there's certain things like I can't discuss with them or they probably don't want to discuss with me I do think a lot more goes on behind the scenes with an athletic director than I truly realize as far as everything that gets done all the meetings he has to do eligibility, parent issues, scheduling stuff, you know, sponsorship for things. We just got the new scores table. And so we're working on, I created a sponsorship packet for him. I don't know what he'd do without me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but really. But seriously, um, it's going to put you on that payroll. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, you had student section t-shirts because I posted about it. <laughs> But uh, no, I do feel like in that sense, it's been different. Yeah. There's just a lot more paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> and you, he has to think about more than the sport he's in in season. Mm-hmm. He has to think about, and, you know, by association, me, I have to think about all the sports all the time, even in their, like, not their primary season, we've still got practice schedules and, you know, field reservations and, you know, working all of that out, practice schedules for summer, strength and conditioning programs, and making sure everybody has their insurance in and, and all of those things. And so I think there's a lot more that I don't think we had any idea was happening. And I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm just saying for, I wish I had probably known, I probably would have not been like, I don't understand why that's not done yet. (laughs) Yeah. Just in talking with other wives, like yeah. now I get it. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. going on. I'm lucky if you text me back. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So. Well, and then I kind of want to dive into the being a coach's wife to AD because I feel like not you're still with these women. Like it's not like yeah. a lot of them, or maybe some of them have left, but you still have a majority of them with you, and so. Yeah. I feel like that would just be such a weird spot to be in because you've built these friendships with women, and then you're now not able to kind of share the things that you probably once did did that yeah. alter any of your friendships or how did you kind of approach that because I feel like that would be such a weird spot to be in yeah I mean I think a lot of the girls had kids in the last couple of years so it has in like that since already transitioned a little bit like we don't all get like hang out together like we used to just because babies and you know mm-hmm. life so I feel like Luckily, it was kind of a natural progression in that way where it wasn't like a hard like cut off. Um, I do think I'm lucky in that always we've always all been very respectful of like if we talk about anything, even when our husbands were coaching and we probably knew they were like on opposing sides of something like an issue. We didn't ever discuss it between the two, like between us, just because, you know, it's everybody's individual experience. And so even if you see it one way, it might not be the way they're seeing it, or you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with them or, or why the reaction is the way that it is. And so 
I do think in that way, I'm lucky that I've always had coaches' wives who've been very respectful in that sense. Even when we probably think our husbands are wrong, <laughs> um, we just haven't brought it up or, or addressed it. But I do think, I mean, I think we've all kind of noticed we just don't really talk about anything that mm-hmm. maybe has a negative connotation or association or if the program's struggling like we don't really talk about that we talk about you know our families and how work's going and and whatever else and so I do feel like it's weird in that way as far as sometimes I feel like I'm partially in the circle just because I was in the circle for so long but I'm like still semi outside the circle Mm -hmm. it's like a Venn diagram and I'm this tiny little circle over here right (laughs) overlap on occasion um so <laughs> I overlap when you want margaritas yes um, so, um, that's a good overlap though yeah, yeah I mean if you're gonna overlap that's the time but no so I think in that sense like that has been weird like I've noticed it and I still have really close friends who are coaches wives I do think in ways though it's bonded me with some of like the head coaches wives because I'm not I mean, my husband's above their husband, sort of, but we've kind of bonded because there's things that maybe we know that the other coaches and their wives don't know that we can talk about. Um, So I think in that way, it's been kind of good because it gives each other someone to just like let it out. We are in a super small community, tight-knit community, which means you pretty much if you talk about it, everybody's going to talk about it. Anything going on has to be super private that you don't want everyone to know. So like, I think in that sense, it can be good, but I do think there's just a natural divide, you know, and, and I think that's an adjustment for anyone. I think even in, in a work scenario, if you start to go above someone, you're privy yeah. to conversations that they aren't anymore and it it's a weird adjustment but I think if you stay respectful and you really keep the conversation outside of like anything controversial or, or issues going on and you kind of just let it be more about like them as a person and like how they're feeling in season then you really don't have to go there most of the time you know and so I I do feel grateful that the wives around me are we're kind of respect each other in that way and we don't ever create like unnecessary drama between us because at the end of the day I'm sorry but men are just as bad as women about gossip (laughs) I have learned that so much being a coach's wife I'm like y'all are worse than a beauty shop full of women (laughs) I I just think that it the industry that we're in Brittany and I have talked about it in the past is we are in an interesting world where what happens with your significant other's job comes home and becomes a discussion among the significant others. It's like the weirdest thing because in any other job or corporate type office, you know, a significant other say that they have an accounting job. They don't come home and they're like, dang, these spreadsheets, like Bob did this down, you know, down the hall and it really annoyed me. And then everybody knows about it. And that's not the way that it operates in this, in this kind of scenario. It's like everyone's involved on both sides and it affects the entire family. And I do want to step into talking about firing because that is the next piece that comes to mind when we're talking about relationships, because 
you as the significant other are around these women all the time and whatever that decision comes down to be, um, that affects the family and the kids. And it is a big, a big transition for that family. But at the end of the day, it's for the program. So how do you balance that? And what kind of experience have you had so far with the firing and transition? Yeah. So obviously we've just been in it a year, so I'm not an expert. Um, we did just have a basketball coach resign. Um, and I think it does kind of make it awkward with the wife, just because you're not privy to their personal conversation. And I'm not really privy to the administration's conversation about any of it were the meeting with the coach or, or whatever's going on. So I think in that situation, I do think those decisions are never made lightly as far as my husband serves on some ad boards and like they've had conversations about you know firing and and resignations late in, or mid-season and, and things like that and you know it's normally a conversation over several months sometimes a couple of years i think that admin ad's especially always feel the weight of what that's going to mean for the coach and for the program and for the reputation of the school. And I think that's when Dustin said, like they've had conversations about it with other ADs too. They just said, you know, ultimately the decision comes down to what is best for the student athletes. And also he said, somebody gave him some good advice when they were talking about, you know, if you ever have to come to that decision, compare that program to other programs who are, you know, at the same level, and high school, the same like enrollment size, you know, type of community, et cetera. Are they at the same level? Like, are, are they putting in the same effort? And so I actually personally lost my job a month before my wedding. And I grew up in a house where your work ethic was valued above everything else. And you never wanted to put yourself in a position where someone could question your work ethic. And so I think for me, I told Dustin, I was like, he said, I never want to have to question someone's effort. And mm -hmm. so, um, and I think that really is it for him. He's, he's said a hundred times over. He's like, I don't care about record. And he was like, and I don't really care about X's and O's as long as you're doing everything right. You know, especially in a high school situation, I think college is a lot more pressure for, for a winning record, but in high school, it's, you know, you really want somebody who's a great example for yeah. your athletes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I've had friends whose husbands have lost their jobs and that is horrible. And, you know, it's uprooting for the family and you feel very like you're on a seesaw and you don't know where you're going. And I felt that way personally. And so after I lost my job and I did not see it coming and my husband did make me feel better though joking with me because he was like I'm gonna have to call the police I have a squatter in my house I'm like shut <laughs> up <laughs> um but I do think I feel like for me even when I lost my job and it wasn't about me um I still like reflected inwardly about what I could have done better um areas that I could have improved upon things that I could do differently moving forward and I would say even if you're in that situation it feels so dark and so low in that moment but I really feel like it was ultimately what happened after what was was meant to happen um and so like I got the job I should have really been in um and so you know and so I think it's an opportunity to really step back I think especially in our world we're very all-consumed it can be overwhelming 
Um, we can just be in it and like grinding every day and we lose sight of the big picture. And so it gives you an opportunity to step outside and say, okay, where'd I fall short? Like, what are areas that I could do better? You know, and, and so I do think in that way to turn a negative into a positive, <laughs> I totally think you should mourn it 100%. Have your pity party, be pissed, but then you, you know, you've got to move forward because if you stay in that space, it's not doing anybody yeah. any good. But I, I do think, I think sometimes people think, oh, they just fired them to fire them. You know, they didn't like them or they didn't want, and I, that's never the number one reason. <laughs> There's plenty of people who have kept coaching jobs for years that like on record public knowledge, even in the college coaching world or like pro world, people do not like them like yeah. as a person, <laughs> but they, you know, you can't question their effort and their dedication to the job. And so I think, you know, in that, in that sense, it gives you an opportunity to really reevaluate. But I also think it weighs heavy on the AD. It weighs heavy on the spouse and on both sides. I actually talked to a friend of mine about it, who's part of like a little coach's wives text group with girls from like all over the country. We split out from like a Facebook group where one girl was like, I'm in my thirties. I don't have kids and I need friends in this world. Cause I don't know what's happening. And I was like, <laughs> me. Um, so there's like 12 of us. And so I, one of them I'm really close to, we kind of have similar personalities and I'm her husband and uh, move schools. One of like someone he had worked for had like gotten let go. And I was like, what do I say anything to her? And she was like, you know, her husband's resigned. I don't know how to, how to approach that. You know, I still really love and respect her as a person, but I also know that it's like a super personal family mm -hmm. thing and I don't want to overstep or she said, I would let, I would just let it be, you know, it's part of the, the life. I didn't expect RAD's wife to reach out to me <laughs> when um, Austin yeah. lost, lost his job. And she said, and, and I was good. Like, yeah. um, and so I think it makes it easier just to know that it's not expected, I guess, or hopefully it's not expected. I think it's not because I think we just went through this and yeah. and, and I have a different perspective now yeah. than before because I had never been through it. I was always like, well, you know, yeah, it might be kind of nice if you reached out. And now yeah. I'm like, no, I would not want you to reach out. If you're yeah. really, really close, I mean, it's different. If you're like best friends and you talk all the time and you're right. like, how are you doing? That's different. But to say like, I'm so sorry, like it's kind of weird because it's expected mm -hmm. in this industry and it's not yeah. if you're going to be fired, it's when. And everybody should know that going into it. I mean, you're, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're, you know, it doesn't mean that no. you're even necessarily bad at your job. Like it could just mean that the wrong place, wrong time, like things like that. So I think saying like you're sorry, it just kind of rubs it in that person's face so I think that's perfect advice to just kind of let it be because she's not gonna she's not gonna take it out on you if like you know what I mean like I don't think unless you're very vindictive and you hate the world you're not gonna take it out on like somebody when you know that they have nothing to do with it and it's also not even about you so yeah yeah it's so weird. I know that's that's why it's like you put you in a weird spot because you're like yeah. it's not really about either of us but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, so, hey. Um, but hey, we actually, the girls, um, basketball coach had like resigned the week my husband got the AD job. And so, but I wasn't, I had not been around her for very long other than like a year. And I mean, she left cause she got a promotion at work and she just could not stay, but I didn't 
feel like I was like, oh, we're new. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> um, but uh, that was like, I think like in this scenario, you know, when he resigned, I have, I've known her for years. And so I just, it's like, you yeah. never really know what to say. And, and we've had coaches resign before, but more in like a retirement time. And right. so I think like that's when you, you're just like, oh, like enjoy Lots life. Or whatever. You know? Yeah. 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 Like, our old head football coach is like delivering flowers. He delivered flowers to my office the other day. And I was like, are you having a great time? He's like, this is the best. He's like, I just drive around, listen to sports talk and everybody's always happy to see me. And yes. I was like, there you go. There's the that's retirement true. plan for all coaches deliver yeah. flowers. No, that's amazing. And I, I really do. I think everyone can appreciate your perspective because when it happens to you, when Brittany was talking, I was thinking back to when we were going through that time and Brittany and I talk every day. So I remember going through that kind of chapter and, you know, we did check on each other because I mean, we do, we talked every day, but I feel like it, it definitely is dependent on how close you are to the other person for sure. And it's definitely one of those things where everyone feels like walking on eggshells a little bit because you don't want to offend the other person. So I definitely think that the perspective you shared, though, everyone can relate to it in some way and maybe even provides a little bit more understanding from the outside looking in of why those decisions are made. So we appreciate you sharing that. And with the podcast, we love to ask one more question. We ask it every single time on our episode. And I know you listen to our episodes, though. So it's not really a surprise. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not a surprise. <laughs> But we don't include it in the notes because we want it to be a surprise, but I think you cheated. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would you tell yourself? See, I've thought about this for like two days. And I'm like, <laughs> what would I tell myself? I would say that even in like the hardest days, like still find joy in something just because I think especially, I mean, I still do it sometimes now, but I would stay, like, I would get really upset about something and just like, do on it. And so I think like finding happiness or joy in something every day. And also number one, and I can thank my therapist for this. <laughs> um, if you're upset about something or mad, wait 24 hours. And then yeah. if you're still mad, address it. But if you're not, no point. That has served me well. I don't always listen, but when I do use it, it has paid off. So yeah, I, like that. I guess those would be the two things to like find yeah. joy. And that can just be by yourself. Like taking my walk, my dogs for a walk, like around our, we have 10 acres and like taking them on a walk around our property just brings me like so much inner like peace every mm -hmm. time until they bring me a dead animal. Don't get hounds people unless you want them to bring you gifts or just like finding a show that like, I just watched like one episode of or an author I really like. It's really light, like finding joy in something, even if it's by myself is, yeah. I think key. That's good. Love that. We loved having you on the podcast. Of course, we could talk to you for hours. <laughs> so we just enjoyed your perspective and being able to kind of see both sides of things and, and share that to our community. So thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks all for having me. Hopefully it gives everybody a different perspective. I know it gave me one in this first year. So pray for my sanity. That's all yes. I know to tell you. <laughs> well, we will let um, everyone take a look in the show notes and find you, Morgan. But we really appreciate you. And we appreciate that everyone has hopped on and is listening. But we'll see you next time. Bye.
Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast or on TikTok at More Than a Season for the latest updates. If you have enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.